everyone, and welcome back into Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a great episode on tap for you today, a different kind of episode, in fact. We are joined by Savannah Sanchez, who is a production manager, a technical director. She recently served as the assistant production manager to John Doyle on Classic Sage Company's production of A Man of No Importance. Savannah, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. We are are talking to you today about your role in the theater, which is a production manager and technical director, which I think is a role a lot of people either don't know about, or if they do, they really just, you know, they a role that a lot of people don't see, you know, because you're not, an, obviously you're not an actor and mm-hmm. you're you're not necessarily active right there behind the scenes on the stage during the show you you are literally behind 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 the scenes making everything happen so i'm so excited for you to sit down for a little bit with us and talk to us about your role and as we were talking before we started i mean you have your finger in a lot of pies right now you this role has taken you to a lot of different companies you are just spreading joy around the city of new york and uh creating theater which is amazing why don't I start by asking you to tell us a bit about yourself as a technical director and production manager. Absolutely. So I graduated from St. John's University in 2020, which was, let me say, not the best time to graduate and enter the theater industry. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a lot of fun to navigate. But about a year into the pandemic, I was able to be the production manager and technical director for a tiny theater company called Theater Now New York. They really specialize in giving voices to musical theater writers. And I was their production manager and technical director for Showcase Code. And that really just started my love for production management. The way I see production management is everything you see is taken care of by a designer, a specific person, a director. Everything you don't see, that's the production manager. They connect everybody. They take care of those little things that fall through the cracks that aren't somebody's specific job. If it doesn't get done, I promise you the production manager is doing it. So that's the way I kind of look at that job. And then technical director, honestly, I've found with different companies, it really varies how they see a technical director. Most theaters are, this is the person to build the set and they take care of other tiny tech things. In certain theaters that I've worked for, I've really just overseen every tech department. And that's how I kind of look as at the PM technical director job. That is incredible. And that's a great way to explain the role of a, of a TD and a PM, you know, how did you come into the performing arts? So I have always loved performing. I started just being in theater when I was six years old. And then I went to St. John's university and they have, this wonderful theater club. They don't have any theater degrees or anything, but this wonderful little theater club, Chapel Players Theater Group. And I just did everything with them. I thought I would go to college and I thought I would diversify myself and be in all these different kinds of clubs. No, I was not. I was only in the theater club and I would audition for the show and I would typically not make it, which is okay. Cause you know, we come to New York, not everyone's dreams come true. It's quite okay. So after not making it into whatever show they were doing, I would do any kind of technical aspect. My first show, I was a spotlight operator. By the end of my career at St. John's, I was on their executive board. I was producing, stage managing. I've designed a few things. Anything that I could possibly do, I kind of dove into. So then after I left, that's kind of what got me into production management is I had a little bit of knowledge for everything. And I've really grown since then. I love that. I want to ask you a question 
that that's been kind of stewing in my mind. Uh, what has your experience as a woman in a technical role in the theater been? It's been interesting, honestly. Those things that everyone says that women deal with in the in, in any industry is very true. You know, you have to work twice as hard, and you have to be there, and you'll be in a room. I also consider myself a young production manager. I have said things that have been reset and accepted when they weren't accepted on my end. I have been in mm. rooms where I've been glanced over, especially as a young production manager. It's not always assumed that I am the production manager, that I am a person who is taking care of these kinds of things, especially in a world where most of the time we're getting together on Zoom, we're getting together on phone calls before I even see somebody in a space. So kind of navigating through that has been really interesting, but it's also just been such an incredible blessing to walk into a room and to see all these men and be able to just navigate that and be that only woman in the room is, is something that I'm really proud of and that I hope can, I can continue working with more women and just getting to a point where theater really is a place of equality and everyone has a space here and there are so many women technical directors and production managers and electricians and all of these different kinds of positions that are just dominated by men right now. I'd love to see a point of equality or more women, honestly. Yes. And I mean, I, I'm sorry to hear that, that you've had to go through that with the whole having people repeat what you say and then that someone go, Oh yes, what a great idea. And you're like, I love <laughs> you know, Oh yes. That's, it happens. Uh, I hate being an amazing I mean, people person. always say you know stereotypes come from these real places and it is it's very true it's very true these things are said so you know you you did end off though that there are a lot more women entering those fields that have been dominated by men if i may kind of piggyback on that what things are you most excited about in the theater either now or to come whether that be maybe productions or even just changes in the makeup of that workforce mm -hmm. i think something incredible that has recently happened in theater is this idea of i'm not accepting less than what i'm worth anymore I feel like post-pandemic has really changed the way people see their work and see their value. And I think that is an absolutely beautiful thing. We're not living in a world anymore where someone's making 200 bucks to do an entire show. Yes. That's which, which, which happened. And people, and if that is offered, people say no, which is a beautiful thing that we can take these companies that are living in this pre-pandemic world and bring it to this post-pandemic world where People are, are enjoying their work, getting paid fairly for their work, not having to do a million gazillion shows at once to live in New York City because we all know it's super duper expensive here. And I, I really look forward to seeing that continue and seeing people really knowing their value and not accepting anything less. Yes. Please say that again for the people. Because <laughs> I mean... Pay I people what they're worth. <laughs> yes, yes. Great point to bring up. What changes would you like to see made in the theater? I mean, that definitely is a big one for me. Again, pay people what they're worth. I, as I, as I do more shows, I see a very, in a, a very interesting place in theater right now. A thing I like to talk about is Broadway World opening a casino in Times Square, which does not feel like love of theater to me. Doesn't feel like what I got into theater for, for the art, for the experience, for the sharing, 
each other's stories with that, with, with people not gambling in Times Square to make money. Theater right. has never been about making money for me. And I love to kind of get back to a place where that is what theater is. And I, and I do understand, you know, people need to make money. The higher you get in theater, the more it is commercial and the more it is money-based. But at the end of the day, I got into this because I love, I love theater and I love seeing that passion and I love performing and I love being in it. How No matter what part I am in it, I want to be in it. And I'd love to see that feeling again because I feel like a lot of people have lost that a little bit. Yes. What has been the hardest thing for you to overcome as a technical director or production manager? So the biggest thing, and I think it's so funny because finding people to work in New York is hard right now. And as a person looking for work in New York, it's great for me. It's fantastic. I'm working. However, my job as the production manager is to then hire people. So I get the job and it's fantastic. And then I have to find electricians and designers and all these different kinds of people that are no longer here in New York. So many people left during the pandemic. So staffing has been a really big thing for me and staffing fairly. I'm a very new production manager. So when I enter a company and I'm given a budget and I ask for people for a specific job, if people respond to me with, this is disgusting, this is horrible, I take that advice and I bring it back to the team and I say, hey, listen, this is not acceptable anymore. Let's see what we can do about it. And so navigating that, especially with people who work in pre-pandemic, who really just worked in pre-pandemic theater, who are used to that lifestyle, has been really interesting to navigate. Working with the post-pandemic life with pre-pandemic theaters and pre-pandemic artists. We're getting to a point where everybody is now understanding what a post-pandemic life is like, but it wasn't like that for a little bit. I mean, the last show I worked on, the team budgeted $1,000 for lumber, and I it cost three grand. It cost three grand for what used to cost one grand. So just everything is more expensive. Everybody is more expensive. And it, it really comes into that, like, fair wages and navigating that as well as getting people to staff your shows because at the end of the day, the thing that I really say is if it doesn't happen, the production manager gets it done. So if a person isn't going to do something, I'll do it no problem. So to alleviate a lot of that, we have to have a great team that works with our budget, that is fair, and that is accessible to the city. Because if you want a job here, you can find one in theater at the moment, in off-Broadway theater. Yeah. Well, in that case, here's my resume. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, send it my way. <laughs> I mean, that that I, I've been hearing that a lot, though. That was a huge, unfortunate downside to the pandemic. There was a lot of talent that left the industry, that left the city. And it's been hard with inflation and everything that's come up to do theater. I think you bring up a great point in that a lot of people don't realize the theater is a handmade, man-made industry. And when the cost of everything goes up, I mean, everything from labor to materials, but Absolutely. how do you balance that out without passing the, the, the price on to, of course, the audience member, you have a very difficult job in trying to find the way to literally make that dollar stretch as far as you can or solve the problem. And mm -hmm. I do not envy you for one. <laughs> I mean, I would be kept up late being like, what other materials can be subbed for lumber? Like what mm -hmm. can we do? And I'm super big on secondhand things. I think there are some amazing, amazing resources in New York City, yes. materials for the arts, 
is a big one, but there are tinier ones around. Secondhand stuff is so important. And if I was developing budgets, I always like to say I would love if half of your items are repurposed, are recycled. I think it's important for the environment. I think it's important for budgets. And I think it's, it's just doing a little something for giving something back. And I think it's, it's super important. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that. The last question I want to ask you in the first part of the interview is what message or thought are you hoping listeners will walk away with from this chat? I would love people to really just get involved in all aspects of theater. People think of New York theater and they come for Broadway. There's just so much more out there and to see, to do, to experience. And I think it's really important that those stories are told and that those people are seen. And I think that theater is just such a beautiful thing and everybody really does deserve a place in it if they want to. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit now. I want to get to know you a little bit more on a personal level. And I want Absolutely. to start asking what shows or composers or playwrights in the past have inspired you or do you love? So I need to shout out A Man of No Importance a little bit because I just finished that and it was just such a beautiful show. It's yeah. a love letter to theater is what yeah. A Man of No Importance is. And I thought it was just beautifully done. And the show takes place in 1960s Dublin, but I, as a 25-year-old, connected to it, which I thought was amazing and is the point of theater. You know, you're seeing a show taking place in the 1960s, but you see yourself in it, you see people in it that you know, and you feel it on a personal level. A personal level. And it was just, it was absolutely amazing. The, the cast was absolutely amazing, the creative team. And at the end of the day, you know, I've been doing theater since I was six and it truly was a love letter to theater. And I absolutely loved it. Composers, I feel a little bit of a new kind of theater person saying this, but as a Puerto Rican, Limuel Miranda is just, you know, the pride of our people. <laughs> and to see someone like me sharing my stories, sharing my culture, and bringing that front and center is just really such an incredible thing. Now the next thing I need is a Puerto Rican Disney princess, and then I will be all set. Right? <laughs> that is what, that's the next thing. We've I'm got just Encanto. Encanto doesn't count. No, that's... I was like, we've got Encanto, but it doesn't count. I know. It's Colombian. <laughs> yes, we need a Puerto Rican specific Disney princess, main Disney princess up there. That's right. Have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Oh, I wish I might have no importance didn't close so I could recommend that to everybody. It's, you know, it's really, it's really hard to see theater right now. I'm trying to think of the last thing I saw. I mean, if you're going to see something fun, go see Six on Broadway. It is a blast. It is yeah. an absolute blast. I, I think that I don't know every small off-Broadway company, but I encourage people to, to go that route 
to go see tiny companies, to go see $20 ticket theaters and experience that kind of theater. I absolutely agree. My dream goal is to have a website for Stage Whisper where we have all these theater companies we support and the shows we see and we have their shows and schedules on there so people mm-hmm. can go to and be like, oh, so that's what's going Because there needs to be a directory for all this. There's Absolutely. So great companies out there. I mean, a lot of the companies I have been involved with are a part of Art New York, which is an incredible organization. But I mean, you go onto Art New York's website and you see all of the tiny theater companies and there's absolutely so many. And they're always doing shows. And I can't even imagine getting myself to all of them. But if you, you've you seen all the things you want to see on Broadway, you've seen what you can do, go to an off-Broadway show, navigate that and find something that really speaks to you because something definitely does. Something absolutely does. Yes. My personal mantra is there's no one out there that truly doesn't like theater. You just haven't seen the right show yet. Absolutely. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? I, there's a certain point in tech week where the craziness of Loden has kind of dialed down. We're mid tech and we're really creating something that I forget a lot in my production management role is that I am creating. I do a lot of that administrative end of stuff, a lot of the connecting people, a lot of the problem solving, but I don't do the onstage creativity, designs, directing. So I sometimes forget this is what I'm doing. But a certain point during tech week where, you know, I take a deep breath, I look around and I see all of these people creating is is my absolute favorite part. And it reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing and that I'm doing what I love. I I know exactly the point that you're talking about where everything just like slips into that. I don't want to say routine, but you just feel like everything falls into that, that groove. And you Absolutely. can really just get to like everything is settled. I want to. I'm curious about this one. What is your dream show? Oh, this is a fun <laughs> one. So I am obsessed with Mamma Mia. It has been something that my mother took me when I was 13 years old um, for my birthday, and I've been obsessed ever since. And it's just such a fun show that I would love to be a part of. I know it's not, you know, the standard, typical, typical theater, but it is just, it's so fun. And that's, you know, that's why we are doing theater, to do something that's fun. And, and I would just love to be part of that show in any way, shape or form. Personally, I'd love to play Donna. I, I maybe need to be a little older for that one, but, but maybe we'll get there one day. I'm I'll sorry. Production, I'll, I'll production manage it too. How old were you when you first saw it? 13. At the Winter Garden Theater. That's uncanny because I was about that age when I saw it for the first time myself when it toured through Salt Lake. It hits you at 13. Yeah. It's it's exactly when you should see it. Well, tagging on to that, this is my favorite question to ask guests, which is, what is your favorite theater memory? Oh, my goodness. That's a difficult one. I, I would have to go back to college because there's such a a love of theater when you're not doing it for your job and you're not doing it because you're getting paid and the memories I have at that group the green room sing-alongs the strikes until midnight the everybody all hands on deck experience is something that I don't think I'll ever get outside of 
outside of that college group because you know you're paid for what you're paid for you do what you do and you have a job when you're working professional theater but in my college you know if a lighting if someone needed help doing something the lighting designer would step in this person would step in everybody worked together and stayed until everything was done and that experience was just is absolutely my favorite oh my gosh you were you have nailed that kind of experience right thank you for sharing that are there any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline for you that we might be able to plug? Yes, actually, I wrote these down. <laughs> so <laughs> I am the production manager for Crumbs from the Table of Joy at Keene Company. That's coming up in February. And then that theater company, Theater Now New York, is doing Powerline Road, which they really, they really look at. Their, they have a musical theater writers group, and they pull shows from there. So they're really thrive on giving access to new musical theater writers. So we're doing a new show, a developmental production at the Goral in March. And then After Work Theater is an absolutely amazing company that I just started working for. They are a community theater, which I think is incredible in New York City. It's not for the professional folks. It's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's for After Work and anyone joins and it's for the absolute love and fun of it and we are doing nine to five in march yeah very very excited for that one i love nine to five it is i'm not even gonna call it a guilty pleasure it's just good it's just good it's just good yeah if our listeners want more information about you any of your projects anything that we've talked about today how can they do how can they get that they can reach out via email. My email is savannah at tnny.org. And Savannah is spelled S-A-V-A-N-A-H. My parents decided to make me a little original when they were choosing the spelling of my name. <laughs> However, everybody always misspells it. So we've got one N in there. Savannah, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with me and just really share how amazing this this role of production manager and technical director is and just share your experience in the theater. I hope our listeners have really gotten a great insight into this. I hope maybe we've convinced some people to go into to the role of this. Hopefully mainly people of color or women, you know. We need absolutely more people back in these absolutely. Roles. I think that theater really should be a place for everyone, all kinds of theater and all yeah. kinds of people. And that's really what my goal is. Absolutely. Again, say it, say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All kinds of people, all kinds of theater. (laughs) My guest today has been Savannah Sanchez, who is a production manager and technical director. Most recently, she was the assistant production manager on Classic Stage Company's production of A Man of No Importance, which was directed by John Doyle. She has a myriad of projects that she's working on, and you can find out all that information by emailing her, as well as you can email her with your questions or queries, perhaps if you want to become a technical director or production manager at savannah at tnny.org. We're going to have all that information in the episode description, as well as on our social media. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.